Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Fans. Hello there. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast, powered by kslsports.com, and I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. Always great to have you guys aboard. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Trevor A. Sports, and also follow everything going on at kslsports.com on our social pages, at kslsports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tons to get to, as there have been a lot going on over the past week in Utah athletics and of what's going on in the world after the uh, death of George Floyd up in Minneapolis at the hands of a police officer. There's a lot of stories over at kslsports.com on this subject that you guys can go check out. Like, for instance, Utah Athletics coaches, alumni react to nationwide protests following death of George Floyd. There's that. The uh, Pac-12 conference and all the ADs in the conference issue a joint statement following the death of George Floyd. And then there was Blackout Tuesday. And you guys can go check out all the stories and see what all the athletes, coaches, and alumni are doing on social media regarding this subject. Now, some other news. Utah football has placed offensive lineman London Bartholomew on scholarship. Now, normally, Kyle Whittingham finds a creative way to hand walk-ons a scholarship when they've earned it. Like if you guys go over to my story that I wrote when uh, they gave London Bartholomew a scholarship, you'll also see the videos that, that they did last year. Like when linebacker Ali'i Niamatololo was put on scholarship, they uh, showed a video of the whole team in a meeting and Kyle Whittingham showing them a video of Ali'i's dad, who happens to be the head coach at Navy, Ken Niamatololo, that was sending a message and then at the very end said, Ali, you're, on, you're now on scholarship. And then another one was uh, defensive end Malik Haynes last year. He found out he was on scholarship when a pizza delivery man knocked on the door of the meeting room and entered with a giant box of pizza. And then Whittingham, you know, said, you think you're, you're awesome because you, you just got put on scholarship. And then the final one was 
when Mason Woodward, running back for Utah, found out he was on scholarship when all the equipment managers introduced themselves at the conclusion of fall camp, and at the end of the row of the managers was a woman wearing a hat and sunglasses. She said that she was Woodward's wife and told him that he was on scholarship. Now, those are just some of the creative things that Whittingham's done, but during this pandemic, Whittingham hasn't been able to be as creative. But he did announce it during their team Zoom meeting, and, you know, Whittingham's like, where's Bart, where's Bart? And then told all the entire team to unmute their mics because he told them that he was on scholarship. So that was how Whittingham did it. I mean, he still finds a way to make these guys feel really special after earning a scholarship, and especially you know, giving it to a guy who has worked really hard to work his way into the rotation. And I, I think he'll be a guy who, who will get some playing time for the Utes in 2020. So there's that. And then, oh, also another thing back on, on the last subject with what's going on in the, in the country and, and in the world, Utah AD Mark Harlan shared his message of what he, of the letter that he sent to his student athletes. So there's that. And then a couple of other things and then we'll get into what I'm going to be doing every week between now and fall camp. And that is Utah picked up another commitment for the 2021 class. Despite not being able to go visit these guys or have them come visit campus, Utah's getting it done out on the recruiting trail. They uh, picked up a offensive lineman, Fayu. I hope I got it right. <laughs> but he is from uh, Bothell, Washington. And is a three-star recruit that is 40th-ranked offensive guard in the nation and number 14 prospect in the state of Washington. He announced his choice on Twitter. He had offers from schools such as Boise State, Colorado, Hawaii, Kansas, Maryland, Michigan State, Nevada, UNLV, and Washington State. And that now makes four recruits that have signed with Utah or that have committed to Utah verbally. He joins linebacker Trey Reynolds, quarterback Peter Costelli, and Snow College transfer defensive tackle Tavita Fotu. So Jim Harding and the Utah football coaching staff still getting it done out on the recruiting trail. And another piece of news regarding Utah football is former Utah Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback Lee Grosscup. He passed away at the age of 83 on Monday night. He was born and raised in Santa Monica, California, where he attended Santa Monica High School he originally decided to play for the University of Washington in 1955, and then after his freshman season, he transferred to Santa Monica College before heading to Salt Lake City and the University of Utah for the last two seasons of his college eligibility. After two seasons with the Utes, he was taken in the first round of the NFL draft. As a junior in 1957, he completed 68% of his passes for 1,398 yards and 10 touchdowns. He was named first-team All-American by Look as well as Newspaper Enterprise Association, the Williamson National Football Rating, and today. During that season, he finished 10th in the balloting in the Heisman Trophy race. But then as a senior, he suffered a shoulder injury, but was still selected to play in the Senior Bowl in 1959. Now, something really, really cool. He was basically the guy who invented the uh, shovel pass, which is also known as the Utah Pass. That was what Al Michaels gave props to gross cup for was that for what was that a shovel pass calling it the utah pass and then he was taken in uh, as the 10th overall pick by the new york giants in the 1959 nfl draft in three seasons in new york he appeared in three games um and then the minnesota vikings purchased his contract but was cut before the season started and then he went back to new york to play for the titans in the american football league 
and then suffered a knee injury during the season. He was cut the final day of preseason. He joined the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League just three days after being cut. He ended his playing career with short stints with the Oakland Raiders and the Hartford Charter Oaks of the Continental Football League. And then he became a broadcaster after the 1966 season. He uh, started calling games in the AFL on NBC before joining ABC as a college football analyst for 21 years. He worked with broadcasters such as Bill Fleming, Chris Schenkel, Keith Jackson, Vern Lundquist, and Al Michaels. He uh, served as an analyst in the USFL as the first radio analyst for the Oakland Invaders and then as a television analyst for ABC from uh, in 84 and in 85. He jumped back into the booth as radio analyst for the Sacramento Gold Miners of the CFL from 1993 to 94, and then he made his final broadcasting stop with the California Golden Bears radio broadcast team. He was the broadcaster for the school for 32 years, 17 years as a color analyst, and 15 years as a part of Cal's postgame coverage. Gross Cup worked alongside longtime play-by-play man Joe Starkey, but then uh, Lee Gross Cup officially retired in 2018. Thoughts are with Lee Gross Cup and his family during this time. Final piece of news before we get into what we're going to be talking about. Six Utah football games to be played on the Pac-12 network as part of their campus classics. Now, if you need something to do on a Friday, I would set your DVR or just pop up some popcorn, grab a soda or a beverage, and hop on the couch and watch some Utah football. There's six hours of this going on beginning Friday. It's going to start at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And the first one will be Utah's win over USC in 2014 when quarterback Travis Wilson threw a touchdown pass to wide receiver Kalen Clay with eight seconds remaining as the then number 19 Utes beat number 20 USC 24-21 at Rice-Eccles Stadium. And then at 6 p.m. on the Pac-12 Networks will be Utah's home-slash-season opener against Michigan in 2015. This was supposed to be one of the years that Utah was on hiatus from BYU. Obviously, you'll know uh, later on that Utah played BYU in the Vegas Bowl, but that was to open up room for Utah to play Michigan and do a home-and-home with them. But it was also, in 2015, the debut of head coach Jim Harbaugh. Utah spoiled that debut with a 24-14 win over the Wolverines. And then at 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, Utah's big win over Oregon in 2015 where Utah was ranked number 18, Oregon was number 13. Utah went up to Autzen Stadium back on September 26, 2015, and beat Oregon 62-20. to And then right after that game at 8 p.m. is that wild rivalry game that I mentioned in 2015 in the Las Vegas Bowl. They will show that game where Utah jumped out to a 35-0 lead in the first quarter before BYU scored 28 unanswered in the final three quarters to barely come close to completing that huge comeback but Utah was able to hold them off and win the Vegas Bowl and then the fifth game on the schedule on Friday will begin at 9 p.m. Mountain Time with another classic clash against USC this time it was when Troy Williams led the Utes down the field and threw an 18-yard touchdown pass to Tim Patrick with 16 seconds remaining as Utah pulled away with a 31-27 win and finally the last game will be at 10 p.m. Mountain Time uh, they will re-air the matchup against Oregon in 2018. And that was when the uh, Ducks had Justin Herbert and the Utes uh, were led by backup quarterback Jason Shelley and backup running back Armand Shine. Utah won 32-25. That was when Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss basically went down the same week with season-ending injuries. 
So you guys can check out all those games. All six games can be seen on the Pac-12 Networks and the Pac-12 Now app. Okay, so something I'm going to be doing here on the Crimson Corner Podcast every week, as well as over at kslsports.com, is I'm going to be doing... Uh, I'm going to be looking at every single position group for Utah heading into the 2020 season because I think that there's going to be a season. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen, if there will be fans. So why not go ahead and start looking ahead to the season? And as we sit here on Thursday, we are 91 days away from Utah-BYU on September 3rd at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Now, the first group that I looked at was the safety position. And this is a very interesting group because you have guys who have gotten reps throughout last season. When Julian Blackman got hurt, there was a couple of games where Utah played three safeties, and that was where this this first guy that I want to bring up was huge, and that's R.J. Huber. He'll be a junior this year from Logandale, Nevada. He played in all 13 games on special teams and in 10 games on defense. He started against Idaho State, Washington State, and Washington, I believe, against Washington and Washington State, they used three safeties because they were more of a pass-heavy offense. I know that Washington, because they had Jacob Eason and then uh, Wazoo because of Mike Leach. But Julian Blackman was out for the Idaho State game. But then also, Hubert was, he uh, came in for Blackman in the Pac-12 championship game when he suffered that season-ending injury. But then shortly after coming in for Blackman, he suffered a season-ending injury, and then he had to have surgery during the offseason and was not going to participate in spring ball, but turns out there wasn't much of a spring ball besides three practices. And so as long as Hubert's rehab is going well, I would expect him to be a big-time contributor for Utah coming up in 2020. And then another guy is senior Vontae Davis. He played in all 14 games on special teams and appeared in six games on defense last season for Utah. He was a backup to Hubert. Blackman and Burgess Um, if Utah wants to go as far as the veteran experience to help out in that backfield then Davis is a guy for that spot but Utah has also got some some great recruits coming in and some younger guys who can come in and show what they can do and have a chance to compete for the starting job and I'll get to that shortly and Davis would be a guy who is going to be a veteran leader for Utah being a senior and then another guy is uh, sophomore DB Aaron Lowe. Now, I don't know where he's going to kind of stand. He's one of those guys that the coaches have talked about as a really versatile guy who can play corner and safety. So I think Utah's just going to kind of use him where they need to. Other guys who could be, who are coming back from last year that will have a chance to compete for a starting job is sophomore Alfonso Taylor, junior Stone Azarkon and redshirt freshman Jordan Anderson. Now, these guys have big shoes to fill because you all know who Utah safeties were last year. Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess, they were one of the best safety duos, not only in the Pac-12, but in the entire country. Blackman finished his senior campaign as an All-American and a three-time All-Pac-12 selection, and Burgess in just one year as the full-time starter for the Utes really worked his way up up the uh, depth chart and then really worked his way up the draft boards, and he's... We all know it's a great story. Both guys were taken in the third round of the NFL draft. So whoever steps in for those two have big shoes to fill. Now, you can turn to Utah's 2020 class, which turns out to be the best signing class in Utah football history, 
as guys who can come in right away. And one guy who is already enrolled at Utah during the uh, spring semester and started practicing in spring ball was Ben Renfro. He was a three-star wide receiver, and when he signed with Utah, they moved him over to safety. Came from Texas. Morgan Scally is very impressed with him and his ability, as well as the athleticism that he has and what he brings to Utah. And I would think that he'll be in the mix for a starting job. If not getting a starting job, I think he'll be a backup. Now, there's not a ton of film on him because he played as a wide receiver in high school. But the other two guys that Utah signed were safeties in high school. And the first one is local in-state guy Nate Ritchie, who prepped at Lone Peak High School. He's now a four-star recruit. They upped his rating. He was originally a three-star prospect. He is the fourth highest-rated prospect in the state. And while he was at Lone Peak, he was a player that was used all over the field. They used him as a wide receiver. He was a kicker as well as a safety. He has great football IQ and is a player who can play right away if needed. Richie, he did not enroll during spring semester, but he will be there in, in time for fall and in, in training camp. His film shows great awareness on the field, whether it's in the open field or near the sidelines. And that's something that is is great to see because he knows where he's at as far as there was one play I can't remember who it was against but watching his film there was a pass that was going over towards the sidelines and he caught it and still managed to have both feet in bounds as he was catching it so that he could get the pick and so it just shows great awareness knowing where his feet are knowing where the sideline is and still going after the ball and final one is is three-star safety Kamoi Latu he will be a Ute fall when he enrolls at the university. He is a three-star prospect from St. Louis High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. He's 6'1", 190. He shows great ability to be tough and physical. Now, watching his film, another thing on top of being tough and physical, he has great speed in the open field. I was seeing some plays where he was on nearly the other side of the field and he would still manage to go over to the other side and make the play. And he also has great hands to haul in picks, so I think that that's promising as well. And again, with so much youth on this position group, I think, too, you got to look at Morgan Scowley is going to get these guys ready to go. Morgan Scowley has shown that he's one of the best coaches in all of college football, and I think he's going to get his guys ready, whether they're a freshman or a senior. He's going to get them ready to go for the 2020 season. And you guys have seen Utah's rich history of safeties throughout the last decade, of, and even beyond that, I mean, they have, a, they have a group called Safety Pride. A lot of credit goes to Morgan Scally for not only coaching these guys up, but also finding the right guys that fits Utah's system and helps them thrive and develop. Now, of what I did on, on this piece and on this preview, I also give you my thoughts on who will start for each position. And so the obvious choice, especially at strong safety, will be R.J. Hubert. As long as he's able to make a full recovery, which I think he'll be the starter for the Utes at strong safety. I think alongside him, I think Bonte Davis is going to take the uh, free safety position. But his spot's more up in the air. Um, if I were to go too deep, I would say that it would be Hubert and Davis' starters with Ben Renfro and Nate Ritchie as backups with Azarkon Taylor and Latu right on their heels for that backup spot. So that's all the news going on around Utah football and the first installment of a very long series of, and, and this will help us get through the rest of the offseason and leading into fall camp, and that is Utah's position previews. We begin with the safeties. Next week will be the cornerbacks. So 
That will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Please leave us a rating and also give us a review so that we know how good we're doing, as well as any feedback you guys have. You guys can tweet at me, at Trevor A. Sports, at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and even email me. If you're not the you know type who's on Twitter all the time or on social media, you'll also be able to email me. It's free game, tallen at ksl.com is where you guys can find me. Give me any feedback, something that you want to hear, someone that you want to hear, a former player or uh, someone you want, you want me to talk to and want to hear from. I'm all ears, so uh, I, I would love to get your guys' feedback. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast, powered by kslsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.